Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
K-I-R-P Radio! Good evening, you're listening to the K-I-R-P Radio Show that is keeping it real with Pudgy Miller. It's your guest host, Rocco P. Last Friday night of the month, Friday, January 28, 2022. Tonight's topic is entitled, Is the COVID Saga Ending? Is the COVID Saga Ending? Is the world's greatest psyop known as COVID-19 in the process of ending now? Major events, such as the removal of COVID restrictions in England, have recently occurred. The mainstream media is also exposing much of the inherent fraud involved. Why is this happening now? If, in fact, the COVID psyop is ending, what should we then expect? There's some very interesting develops very interesting developments the last few weeks, really, in uh, the last week in particular. Uh, I'm going to start out with the media. Uh, Bill Maher, who's uh, pretty much been a classic neoliberal, it's uh, it's indicative of how the narrative is changing. Uh, You probably know my position if you listened before. I think all mainstream media is essentially CIA-controlled. So it's very interesting when they're letting more truth out, uh, and that is always part of the, the propaganda campaign, to let more truth out as long as you lead people in a certain direction in the right way. But Bill Maher had, uh, had on a, uh, a guest. Uh, he had on a guest who was a former editor of the New York Times. It's very, very interesting what was said <laughs> uh, Zero Hedge ran a piece, and uh, they called it. Uh, they quoted. They quoted Bill Maher from this. They, Zero Hedge ran this piece uh, Monday, this past Monday, the 24th. A catastrophic moral crime. Barry Weiss and Bill Maher say the quiet part out loud on leftist COVID policies. HBO host Bill Maher and writer Barry Weiss received a somewhat surprising rapturous round of applause from the mostly liberal audience during Friday's show after they dropped truth bomb after truth bomb into the pool of dissonance that remains among blinkered leftists unable to think for themselves about COVID risks and see beyond the quote, I must zealously support anything and everything that thou should Biden say, or I am a Trumper mindset. Ahead of the ahead of the Friday show, Mayor told Deadline magazine, quote, I feel like COVID is still a dominant issue of our lives right now. And it should not be anymore. Uh, it should not be anymore. If, uh, if you do want to call in, I forgot that phone number is 563-999-3683, 563-999-3683. I believe a caller was in and then cut out. I am sorry about that caller. Please call back in. I will get you on the show if you are still listening. Bill Maher said, I am over covert. Maher continued, I was never scared of it. I was always scared of the reaction to it. And as this has played out, uh, that 
only proved to be more true for me. I'm sure many people feel different, but that's me. It was never that virulent a threat, I thought, to people who were in good health. The HBO host said the vulnerable should be protected, but the virus is mostly disease that impacted the elderly and people who have comorbidities. He noted a stat from the CDC about how 78% of the people who died or went to the hospital were obese. Moore goes on to say, quote, so the fact that America, the medical establishment, never even attempted to get people to live a healthier lifestyle as a response to this pandemic is a giant scandal to me, the host said. The people who didn't do that have blood on their hands. There's no other way to put it. But Marr was not done as he went after the incessant and blinkered vaccinate or die policy being mandated via legislation, regulation, or moral pressure on every man, woman, and child and hamster in America. Said hamster. Again, this is zero hedge. Uh, they are sarcastic. Quote from Marr again. I mean, we, we're in a very different place with COVID than we were just when I was on the air last time, and that is the vaccines we know do not prevent you from either transmitting it or getting the disease. They just prevent, they just prevent you from dying, which is a great part of it. Let's not under, undercount that. But if they don't prevent you from transmitting it and they don't prevent you from getting it, why are we still treating this disease the way we always have? And what the blank is the use of a booster shot? Because I will never get a booster shot. Notice that in particular, Mars says I will never get a booster shot. That's extremely significant when someone in the mainstream media says that, because if no one gets the booster shots, in essence, uh, the pandemic or the scandemic, however you would want to refer to it, is over. If no one gets a booster shot, it's over. It's over, because then at that point. The public is saying they've had enough, and there's been people who have been who have gotten uh, bioweapon shots. Someone as famous as Jordan Peterson from Canada, because he wanted to travel, he got two shots. He thought, yeah, he he basically did it. Uh, he didn't want to, but he wanted to travel, so he did it. And then after he got two shots, then he learns, as many others did, it's going to be continual shots forever, and he felt betrayed. Moore went on to say they don't know a thing a lot about anything, uh, and that's in his response when he says, Dr. Anthony or the medical establishment really know what they're doing. And when he, he was asked, Moore was asked uh, how he thought about, uh, quote, Dr. Anthony or the medical establishment, do they really know what they're doing? Uh, they don't know a lot about anything, and that was before the show. And he was joined by New York, former New York Times editor Barry Weiss, it's a woman, whose outspoken frankness and unafraid honesty has made her substack common sense among the most read. The two dared to discuss the all too obvious absurdity of a two-tier system that allows the haves to go to a restaurant and enjoy themselves unmasked, while in the same space, the help are masked and look like they're from the television program, The Handmaid's Tale. I'm going to play, I'm going to play a brief clip just over a minute. And again, this is uh, Bill Maher on uh, his show, on his HBO show with Barry Weiss. Gloves, 
where they get to walk, as AOC did, at the Met Gala, while in the background the staff look like they were in The Handmaid's Tale. I mean, this is, this is a look that is unbelievably and, detrimental. And, and jobs. The people with the, you know, consulting jobs or whatever bullshit they do, they get to stay at home and order the food out and do shit by Zoom. And, and whereas it's the, the working, it's the working class people who are breathing their shitty stale air all day. Yes. That, that looks like it's going to create a class resentment. I mean, it looks like the liberals are always suggesting sacrifices they themselves don't have to take part in. So to me, you know, that that is that's huge to see someone in the mainstream media, someone established like Bill Moore, to say that. Uh, I would mention, I would stress again, how how the propaganda works. Something is going on now that much more of the mainstream media is divulging. Uh, they're exposing truths that the so-called alternative or new media has known for quite some time about these vaccines. Uh, the one thing Marsh said in the, in the, uh, from the Zero Hedge article when he was quoted before the show started, says, yeah, well, the va- he admitted, you know, the vaccines don't prevent you from getting COVID. The vaccines don't prevent you from transmitting it. Uh, but he says, oh, yeah, but, yeah, it does, it, it does prevent some deaths. Look at the stats from Israel as far as hospitalizations. The lie is still being circulated that, well, the vaccine will will reduce your chance of hospitalization. Not true. Look at the stats from Israel. One of the most vaccinated as, as far as if the numbers are true, percentage-wise, one of the most heavily vaccinated countries in the world. Same thing with deaths then. All right. So, uh, but they're still coming out. Bill Maher is still saying these things. And he, he talked about the idiocy, too, of the mask again. How is it, how is it, uh, you would say, just or logical or, quote, scientific. And Dr. Fauci, I won't play a clip where he said he, he questioned him, you're questioning the science, which obviously he has a God complex. Uh, and unlike God, uh, who's eternal, Fauci, uh, Fauci will die. Will die someday and see how, uh, how he, nothing, nothing he's done will be, for, uh, will, will be forgotten unless he repents. But the, what's the science about going into a restaurant or at a gala event, at, at the uh, Met Gala event, as they mentioned, to have AOC there and to have people walking around, the guests unmasked, and to have the servers masked and, and also perhaps with gloves on? See, this is, this is idiocy, and I believe most Americans do see through that. But sad to say, a certain percentage, I don't think it's more than 30 35%, uh, have been vaccinated, unfortunately. They've lied about everything, so I think they've also lied about the percentage of those who have accept the non-vaccine, uh, which I, I would call the bioweapon. So a good 30, 35% have accepted it. And I believe, again, there are there's definitely buyer's regret with that. There's remorse, like with Jordan Peterson, because people, particularly for business reasons and or social reasons, people have expendable income, they want to be able to travel, and that was easier. Now they have seen, like Jordan Peterson, it's not just one or two vaccines, it's endless vaccines. And that's uh, made a lot of people, including, of course, Jordan Peterson being a prime example, who have buyer's regret. Uh, he regrets going along with that. And then you have Bill Moore again himself saying he would never get a booster. No, no boosters, this is over. Period. It's that simple. No boosters, it, it's over. 
So the narrative, the narrative is changing. The narrative is changing. That begs the question, why? Why are they exposing more truth about the COVID fraud? Okay. Why are they doing that? I'm not going to ask that question right now, but I would say this. Another example of how the narrative is changing, Republican Senator Ron Johnson uh, had what Zero Hedge called a star-studded COVID-19 second opinion hearing. That was held this past Monday on the 24th, and that included some of those, one of the panelists included Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Malone uh, was one of the inventors of the mRNA technology, and his three-hour interview with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan experience that was held back on January 10th, uh, to use the phrase they say went viral, <laughs> I shouldn't say it anymore, uh, became incredibly popular. Rogan has... I believe around 11 million people listen to his podcast. I think CNN each night uh, gets less than 2 million people, around 2 million. So uh, whether Joe Rogan is completely real or controlled up or not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go there. He may or he may not be. Malone certainly, when Malone himself says he was deep state, he's highly suspect. But this goes back to my point that more information is still getting out. Malone could go on the Joe Rogan experience knowing full well that that audience is 11 million. And then you had CNN people, uh, people on CNN and others in the so-called mainstream media trying to you know, uh, discredit Joe Rogan once again. One of the funniest things that happened is <laughs> Neil Young, Neil Young, who... Uh, you have a rock star who started out, in, even in his 60s, I believe, uh, but certainly the 70s, 80s. Neil Young told Spotify they either they either uh, get rid of Joe Rogan or censor him, uh, censor him, or yeah, remove all of uh, Neil Young's uh, songs from Spotify. And uh, Spotify responded by removing all of Neil Young's songs. So obviously, you look at the market share again of Joe Rogan. Uh, I'm not saying Spotify has incredible morals, but they're just looking at the uh, the revenue, the revenue stream. When you have that many listeners, I don't think that many people are listening to Neil Young at this point. If uh, if they have ever, I'm not sure. But the narrative is changing. So does that in and of itself mean the COVID saga is over? Uh, there are some indications. Uh, there's some indications. There was a piece by uh, Steve Kirsch on Kirsch, K-R-S-H, Kirsch on Substack. Substack is a very, very good site to go to because as people have been, you know, demonized and uh, uh, deplatformed from mainstream media uh, sites and mainstream media applications, then Twitter and on Twitter and so so forth, uh, yeah, Facebook, which I would call Fedbook. Substack has popped up. You even have Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, and again, like Joe Rogan, um, I wouldn't say I, I'm I wouldn't go into a deep dive to say is, is Glenn Greenwald controlled up. It would appear so, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, when the whole when the whole thing came out with Edward Snowden, uh, Glenn Greenwald had evidently he he did say not evidently that he had everything that Snowden had. Uh, James Corbett of the CorbettReport.com, James Corbett of the CorbettReport.com, Canadian expat living in Japan, had predicted early on when he saw that that whole saga develop with Snowden. He said it's never all going to be released, and sure enough, the time yeah it was years, and the vast majority of what 
if not everything, if everything is, uh, if not everything is Snowden divulged, perhaps, or at least the vast majority, had already been disclosed by James Banford and Steve Binney. Steve Binney, ex uh, ex NSA whistleblower, and and uh, James Banford. So. James Corbett said it's never going to be disclosed, and it wasn't. And the reason Glenn Greenwald gave, this is a, a good year, year or two ago, was oh, they just didn't have enough space to store it all or something ridiculous like that. But in any case, even Glenn Greenwald is on. I say all that to just say in passing that even Glenn Greenwald now left the intercept. He, was, uh, he didn't found the intercept, but uh, he was the central force at the intercept and then uh, had a parting of the ways for the people that own it, and now he's on Substack. So this is a guy who had been with The Guardian and then went, was with The Inter- Intercept, and now he's on Substack. So there are uh, people that definitely are very talented are gravitating towards Substack, again, particularly as the, uh, as the COVID narrative uh, changes and as people get deplatformed. See, we have a call here. Hi, you're on the... KRP show. May I just have your first name and what state you're from? Sure. My name's Joe from Montana. How's it going, you're Joe? Talking about su- okay. You're talking about Substack. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, a guy named Ray Kirsch, an investigative reporter, was also over there. And he was being interviewed by Alex Jones a few weeks ago. He gave a good interview. So Substack is becoming, I guess, similar to Gab, Telegram, um, the anti-Big Tech. Who's the name of the person? Uh, Ray Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H, or K-I-R-S-H. Okay. okay and um, you, the topic of your show is about, is COVID ending? No, it isn't. It seems like it is. Um, some doctors have said you don't have to um, give vaccines anymore because the vaccines will be pulled. No sources, though, have been named as to um, who said that and why? In England, yeah, the man, I think England and another, another one of the countries in, in the Western industrialized world, they're, um, they're ending their mandates. Now, all of a sudden, you've had for two years pressure for the masks, pressure for the, vanda, for the mandates, and we've been, not we, but they, um, the Biden administration has been calling the anti-vaxxers um, dissidents and domestic terrorists. And I think A.G. Garland is going to go after them. And now all of a sudden, people are talking about no more vaccines, no more mandates. Now, that makes me worried. It doesn't comfort me. It makes me worried. <laughs> you're stealing my you know? Yeah, you're stealing my Oh, you were about to get there? <laughs> what were you going to yeah. say? <laughs> Uh, I, I was just going to say, uh, I, threw out, I threw out the question saying, it's clear the mainstream media is changing. I believe most, you know, most if not all, the mainstream media is CIA controlled. So why now are they divulging more truth? Someone like Bill Maher saying he's never going to take, uh, he's never going to take a booster. And he, he, he mm-hmm. openly saying on his HBO show, it's complete idiocy that you know, people could go to a restaurant and had no mask, and then the servers have to have masks. So uh, mm-hmm. the narrative is changing. There, there's no doubt. I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, as I said, you stole my thunder. I, 
I tend to agree with you. As it changes, I think in a majority sense, uh, they have lost on this because uh, I, I believe they have lied about every major aspect of this story. So you look at the number of acts. Don't quote me on this. I think they're saying in the United States overall, at least 60% of people have had one vaccine. So they're saying well over half, well over half have gotten mm-hmm. yeah the experimental gene therapy, which is even in the J and J show. Right. So I think they've lied. I think I think it's about I think it's less. I think it's about half of that. I'm saying there's probably 30, maybe 35 percent of the people that got it. And of those 30, 35 percent, you have people like Jordan Peterson from Canada that have buyer's regret. Uh, they have buyer's remorse. He did it because he yeah. wanted to travel, and then he found out the boosters were ending. He regrets that. So I think they've, they've major lost in this. And then, yeah, the, however you want to call them, the power elite, I'd say the New World Order, realizes that they've lost in this. So I agree with you. As they're letting the propaganda is changing, they're letting people think that they're winning. But when you look at the U.K., uh, and I'll get into that later in the show, if you remember what they said early on with this, both the governor of North Carolina as well as uh, Governor Gavin Newsom of the great state of California, even though he's not great, said right. when, they were talking, when they were talking about mandates and everything and masks and all that, and lockdowns are saying it's a dimmer switch. And that, yeah, that's disgusting for anyone who believes in liberty. That's the way they believe. It's like, yeah, it's a dimmer switch. So today, yeah, we might, we might turn it up. The other day, yeah, later in the future, we might turn it down. So it's the same thing that's going on in the U.K. They're saying, oh, yeah, well, there's not vaccine passports now. But, you know, private businesses could still require it, but the government isn't. So there's, there's a bunch of states, I, I'm not sure, I know it's like 17, might be over 20, that have uh-huh. people have voluntarily gotten into the digital ID, and they have no idea how invasive that's going to be. But people they're just that had gotten has gotten the shots and they just said, well, I don't want to carry a piece of paper, so I'll just tie it to my smartphone. And they have no idea. They have no idea what that's going to entail. They have no idea. So people have done it. It has come in the states, but it's come in the back door. Again, you have 17, 20 state, 20 odd states like Illinois that have let people go to <laughs> upload their information and then put it on their smartphone. So. I, I agree with you. I think something something big is going to happen. They're going to change. They're going to flip the script. But I think they have basically most of the wind is taken out of COVID at this point because you know the, the people just don't seem to be. Yeah, it, it's just anecdotal. Almost like in, in in Montana, but I mean where I am in North Carolina, this time last year uh-huh. you still saw a lot more fear when you went outside. Now it's clear. A lot of restaurants where I am, they're not even obeying it. I mean that they're not obeying the mass mandates anymore. Mm, okay, um, that's probably now. I'm not inside the mind of uh, the scum. I don't call them the elite because that gives them a little bit too elevated a status. I just call them scum <laughs> because they're trying to, you know, to kill everybody here. So, trying to get inside the mind of them now. That, you know, what you're talking about and what may be in line with what they're thinking. They're trying to squeeze us, release the squeeze, like the Demer switch analogy that you're talking about, and then bring and then put more pressure on us to do something in the form of some sort of gaslighting. So Absolutely. either yeah. Yeah, either they, they miscalculated the amount of doses that they have, which are dangerous, as opposed to the doses which they were also using, supposedly, as saline or as placebos, you know, 
um, and they ran out of the more dangerous ones and they need time to regroup, or they've, um, they've just, they're going to relieve the pressure and somehow introduce us to the mark of the beast, the, um, uh, either, either a tattoo or the chip. And they're going to make people feel good about getting the chip or getting the tattoo um, because the pressure's off to have the vaccine. And then at the same time, they might even pose a false flag and blame everything on the unvaccinated and use that as a scare tactic to have people take the, uh, the chip. The chip is more permanent. And maybe, uh, or maybe the opposite, opposite side of what I said, maybe they didn't run out of enough of the danger. Uh, and I wouldn't call it gene therapy, gene poison, gene modification. Maybe they have, maybe, maybe, maybe they've used too much too soon too many people are dying and they're afraid of waking up the rest of the population. So maybe they want to draw back from that, get people relaxed, introduced, you know, it's like Ike said, it's problem reaction solution. So they may want to use the, use the lull to draw people in to have um, uh, the chip. There is in Walmart now though, you can't walk in without, without the passport. They will, electronically uh, take a look at your passport to see if it's not counterfeit. So I, I maybe... Is that just, maybe, is that just yeah. in Quebec or... Huh? Is that just in Quebec, in the Canadian province, or I haven't heard that? That's all I know is in Quebec, yeah. Uh, at, least oh, yeah. In, at least in Canada. I don't know yeah. which province, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what you said is very interesting. I mean, I, I, I agree with a good part of that, is that as you look at the whole worldwide scene... They're pulling back. Uh, they're pulling back now in the UK. They're pulling back in some other European countries. Uh, they're not pulling back in uh, New Zealand. They're not pulling back in Australia. Australia, obviously, they're yeah, you know, basically beta testing how far they could push it in the Western yeah. world. Uh, they're not pulling back in Canada. So now we have this historic truckers uh, truckers rally. I don't know if they said how many miles long it is. It's probably seventy kilometers. Yeah, amazing, <laughs> amazing. How many miles yeah. is that? What, what, what's, uh, what's the math of that mile? That's over seventy miles. That's over, over seventy miles. Yeah, it's over seventy miles, wow. and it's something like ten thousand in the convoy, I believe. Yeah, they, so they can't. The people, the people have risen, so they don't. They, they, they can't. They're not going to come up and then just say, "Look, yeah, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're sorry, our, our bad. Have, have a good day. It's all over." No. Everything, everything that they're saying, like in the UK report, everything is qualified. It's like, well, the government, again, once again, I said this, the government isn't going to require a vaccine passport. Of course, the infrastructure is already there, unless people get rid of their, their uh, smartphones in mass. Say, but private businesses mm-hmm. could still do it. So the infrastructure is still there, just like people bought into it in the States voluntarily. So I think mm-hmm. what, what's happening is that, uh, something else, there's a variety of things up, up their sleeve as far as elite, meaning there's just a few of them that doesn't reflect their moral character, of course. But the New World Order, uh-huh. there's a variety of things they could do. They could unleash, there's circumstantial evidence they could go with a smallpox outbreak. It could be fake like COVID yeah. or it could be real. They had the one, <laughs> did you right. hear the story about the lady with, with the lady with the monkeys with the, the, the uh, truck that crashed in Pennsylvania. That was ridiculous. Have you heard that? No, I haven't heard about that one. Yeah. No. It, it, yes. It was a week or two ago. 
it, it sounds it sounds like some out of a movie, but it, yeah, they say it happened. There was I, I think it was the FDA, but they were transporting these monkeys, the truck test monkeys. The truck crashed. Lady gets out of her car, and it sounds so ridiculous. She says, "Yeah, she thought there were cats," and then she said, she, or she she realized at one point there were monkeys, and she wanted to pet one. Pet oh. one. I'm not making this oh, up. Oh, really? That. Yeah. She said she, she stepped through their feces, and one of them hissed at her. She oh, no. she's bit. One of them hissed at her, and now now she's sick. So oh. yeah, they can go with monkey pox. They can go with smallpox. You know, oh swine man! Flu. You know, you know, uh, not swine flu. Yeah. Uh, avian flu is in the states. It had killed. They yeah. they had called a lot of chickens. Now they claim well migratory fowl brought to the states. It they have. Oh, that I read they about. Found, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they've got <laughs> infected chickens. They found in North Carolina and South Carolina. So that's another option. Uh, if the economy tanks, obviously they're going to want to blame something else. At this point, they couldn't blame COVID, but uh, they could blame the good old imaginary Russian hackers or China. Uh, they could start a war. Gerald Salente, <laughs> yeah. we always say that when uh-huh. all else fails, go to war. So there's a variety right. of things they could do. <laughs> the, the angle with, with, with pitting, pitting anti-vax people as terrorists is quite possible. Uh, it's, it's quite possible. I read a couple of reports saying that there is, uh, they're saying there's a danger that these uh, imaginary white right-wing extremists would attack the power grid. So it's just like the power grid, to the best of my knowledge, is in three main places. It, it should be decentralized. It would be much more safe. But they've made it intentionally bad so it could come down. So it's in three main sources in the states. But the idea that just some people could just pull that off and even take down a third of the states, it's ludicrous. But people would probably believe it. I mean, they've got, us, they've got the nation so polarized, especially they wanted the fraud out with Trump. So the people that support Trump, yeah, know it was fake. Or even those those who know about election fraud like me know it's fake. Now, as I support Trump, then the other side thinks, oh well, that's insane, and there was an insurrection, all this. So yeah, there's a lot of tricks in their bag they could do. But I think I agree with you. I think something's up the fact that they're moving, they're changing the message. They're they're letting out a lot of truth. So they're letting people know to some degree. They're not saying that it was all fraud, but. When you have someone like Ron Johnson, the U.S. senator, that has Malone, and Malone's probably controlled off, but still, he's still exposing it. Uh, when, yeah, he was just mm-hmm. in Washington this past Monday. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, did you did you watch the panel? Did you? Uh, if you did, what did you glean from it? I I didn't I didn't watch the whole thing, but I was just saying in a broad sense that the idea that. This is this is the Robert Malone who was on the Joe Rogan experience on January 10th. Then a U.S. senator right. invites him to his own mm-hmm. panel with some other people, and Malone's basically saying he claims again if it's true. I don't think he took it. He said he took it, and then he realized it was a horrible mistake. But in any case, he's still saying now no one should be taking it. And this is something, to the right. best of my knowledge, no so-called expert, no doctor has said that in D.C. until that panel. I could be wrong. Well, in D.C., yeah, possibly not. I think also on the panel was probably McCullough. And there's been a number of other doctors that, um, you know, have come out against the vaccine. And they provided, you know, pretty interesting uh, narratives. Um, a guy, Dr. Fleming, what he did on video, he took a Petri dish and he put in um, ordinary blood. 
and he um, somehow got a vial of what was from the pharmacy of the uh, so-called vaccine. Actually, it's technically a vaccine. One doctor said because it does introduce antibodies into the system, it's called the vaccine. But, of course, it's not really a vaccine. It's really a poison, <laughs> you sure. know. Yeah. But at the same time, um, the thing is, is that so Richard Fleming uh, took, uh, put blood in the Petri dish. Then he took um, some of the, va- the vaccine. He put a few drops into the Petri dish. In a few minutes, every blood cell in the Petri dish turned brown and died. Then he also mentioned <laughs> that even if you took bleach and put that into a Petri dish of blood cells, that would not happen. And other, you know, other chemicals, which are, of course, dangerous to, to human blood, they would have some effect on the blood, but, you know, it wouldn't kill off every single blood cell in two minutes, <laughs> you know? This, this, this so, was at Ron Johnson's, I think? No, no, that wasn't at Johnson's panel. Oh, okay. This was done uh, okay. maybe a month or two ago, and okay. he was on Alex Jones' show, and his name is okay. Richard Fleming. Yeah, yeah, who knows where? Yeah. So, so I didn't see him um, on, the, on the list. I saw McCulloch. You mentioned there was Brett, Brett Weinstein and a couple others, but I didn't see his name on the list. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. Nothing's yeah. coming out. I mean, so, stuff's um, coming out. Stuff's coming yeah. out. I mean, they're changing it, so you got to expect uh, something else is going to change. I mean, because government, as you know, doesn't like to give up power. So they're going to need another excuse. Hell but no. they still have the dimmer switch. They still have the dimmer <laughs> switch. But right now, the, the absurdity of the variance doesn't seem to be intimidating, except for that you know, 30 35%. It doesn't seem to be intimidating to many people at all. I In wonder my, what, what, what it is, though. Yeah. You know, they've also had, what is it, Pennsylvania. They've, they've kind of nullified the election in their particular state. They said the 2020 votes were improper. So Interesting. they, Interesting. I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do I, as a result see, of that. I, I knew they were going to flip on Biden. It goes back to where, you know, the left-right thing that they want. Everything is divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Divide, everything is divide and distract. So I suspected that they would quickly, that they would flip, they would turn on Biden. They have. And now I suspected this would happen too, that at one point some of the states would come forward and then they'd realize it there'd be enough states at one point that would say, you know what, yeah, Trump really should have won. And, yeah, they're just doing that, too. They want to provoke hostility. Yeah, they they just want to provoke that animosity between people because we're fighting about Trump and Biden when it's the same agenda. Yeah, the medical martial law keeps on rolling on. As Trump, people think Trump's anti-vax. That's the guy who's the father of the vax. He's not (laughs) anti-vax. I I supported Trump. But he's not anti-vax. People will stick up for him. Um, but the thing is, you know, and they say, well, what Trump is really saying is you, you can take it if you want to. And I've given the analogy. That's like taking a tour down the Amazon River. And the tour guy says, well, you know, you can swim here if you want to. But, of course, if you see piranha jumping all over the place, you know, you really shouldn't take a swim in the Amazon River. Yeah. But if the tour guide is saying, well, if you really want to, Go ahead, and he's not telling you that you know that the river is full of piranha. So it's the same thing with Trump. Of course, he, anyone you know, says the same thing is lying. There's no long-term studies. The Fauci—they're all liars. They know that they're all liars. They're all yeah. liars. And also, Trump I, just said recently, you know what? Because there's been speculation about whether or not he's going to run again. 
because he has been promoting some uh, some Republicans, and then supposedly these Republicans are rhinos. No, supposedly. I think all Republicans and all Democrats are traitors to the American people. It's like a good, it's like a so-called good cop. It's the good cop is riding in the car with the bad cop who takes payoffs. Then the good cop, even though he's not taking payoffs, is not a good cop. He's still letting his partner get away with breaking the law. Yes, all theater. But he just, but Trump himself just finished saying, "I'm going to be the 45th and the 47th president." (laughs) No speaking. Yeah. He's never been known. He's never been known for uh, his humility, so it doesn't surprise me. Well, I appreciate you calling in. I, uh, oh sure, some other stuff, but uh, call in again. I'll be, okay. be on uh, last Friday of uh, the month next month. Thank you much. Oh, last Friday of the month. Huh? Oh, okay. Yep. Take it easy, Have man. You be Thanks. safe. All Thanks right. Tom. Thanks, okay. Tom. Bye bye. Bye. Sure. K-I-R-P Radio! Just had an interesting discussion with a caller from Montana trying to deconstruct or interpret why the mainstream media is exposing more of the essentially ridiculous nature of the COVID-19 PSYOP. We covered a lot of ground with that. I had mentioned in the UK, I'll read from a piece, UK to lift additional COVID restrictions, including mandate to wear face masks, PM, Prime Minister Boris Johnson. This is from a piece on January 19th. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson on Wednesday announced his government's decision to lift all the additional restrictions imposed to contain the spread of the Omicron, including mandatory wearing a face mask anywhere. From next Thursday, after analysis showed that the new variant of COVID-19 is most likely peaked in the country. And if, if I just want to give you a newsflash if you didn't get the memo. Uh, there's no way to test between these alleged variants, and COVID has never been isolated. Okay. This means that people in England will no longer be told to work from home where possible. Mandatory COVID vaccine certification required for large venues will also come to an end. The government will also no longer mandate the wearing of face masks anywhere, relying on the judgment of the public instead. While compulsory face masks in school classrooms will be scrapped sooner from this week itself. Johnson told the House of Commons that the latest Office for National Statistics ONS analysis shows that Omicron has now most likely peaked in the country, allowing for a move back to so-called Plan A or minimum COVID restrictions. So you're not, it's Plan A or minimum, but it's not complete removal. Quote, Today's latest ONS data show clearly that infection levels are falling in England, and while there are some places where cases are likely to continue rising, including in primary schools, our scientists believe it is likely the Omicron wave has now peaked nationally, Johnson said. So this morning, the cabinet concluded that because of the extraordinary booster campaign, together with the way the public has responded to the Plan B measures, we can return to Plan A in England and allow Plan B regulations to expire. As a result, from the start of Thursday next week, mandatory certification will end. As I mentioned before, it's like a dimmer switch. Governor, governor of North Carolina, Roy Cooper, governor of California, Gavin Newsom. It's a dimmer switch. So you just turn it up, up and on, up or turn it down. They can dial it up or down whenever they want to take away our freedoms. Now, here's the interesting thing from the UK. Organizations can, of course, choose to use the NHS, that's the national health system, the national horrible government 
uh, controlled healthcare system. Organizations can, of course, choose to use the NHS COVID pass voluntarily, but we will end the compulsory use of COVID that status certification in England, he said. He pointed to ongoing significant pressures on the NHS, especially in the Northeast and Northwest, but noted that hospital admissions have now stabilized with admissions in London even falling. As we return to Plan A, the House will know that some measures still remain, including those on self-isolation. In particular, it is still a legal requirement for those who have tested positive for COVID to self-isolate, he noted. Uh, if you didn't get the memo, the uh, PCR test is completely fraudulent. It was designed by Carrie Mullis, who designed it, said it was a forensic test, not a diagnostic test. It means nothing. Since Monday, the self-isolation period has been cut from seven to five days, with two negative rapid lateral flow tests required on days five and six. Boris Johnson held out the hope that the time to remove the legal requirement to self-isolate altogether is also around the corner by March, just as we don't place legal obligations on people to isolate if they have flu. So it's not really gone in the UK. It's not really gone. Scotland and Wales, which set their own public health rules, have also announced similar easing of restrictions. It's not really gone. It's not really gone. Uh, Zero Hedge had a piece on January 26th. UK, U.S. reports most COVID deaths in a year as Danish and Dutch ditch restrictions despite rising cases. U.S. reports most COVID deaths in a year as Danish and Dutch restrictions. Danish and Dutch ditch get rid of restrictions despite rising cases. So once again, uh, things are changing, but uh, is it going away? It's completely going away. Let's look at uh, in Denmark and the Netherlands, governments are relaxing their COVID measures, even as the number of newly reported cases remain robust. The Netherlands is the only European country to go into lockdown following the arrival of the Omicron variant, which has never been isolated, just as COVID-19 has never been isolated. Uh, uh, the Netherlands will relax many of its COVID measures starting Wednesday. We are dealing with an extraordinary amount of infections, yet still we decide to take some steps to reopen, Health Minister Ernst Cooper said Tuesday, referring to an average of 52,000 daily positive cases over the last seven days in a country of 17.5 million, according to figures from the Dutch Agency for Infectious Diseases. Keeping the most restrictive measures in effect for much longer damages our health and our society. Yeah, no kidding. Should have never been done. Should have never been done. Lockdowns in the beginning and masks do nothing. If, it, if COVID was real, masks do nothing. Viral particles too small. As a result, Dutch restaurants, bars, and cultural venues will be allowed to remain open until 20, until uh, 2200 local time after having been closed entirely since December 19th. So 2200, I guess that's 10 p.m. However, patrons will still be required to show proof of vaccination, recovery, or negative test results. Isn't that amazing then? Isn't that something then? In the Netherlands, patrons will still be required to show proof of vaccination, recovery, or a negative test result. Mm, is it really going away? Uh, in Denmark, a commission of health advisors has officially recommended that most COVID restrictions in the country be ended by January 31st. Yet, entry test and isolation rules governing travel to Denmark will be extended. Face mask use at hospitals and in elderly care should continue, the advisor said. So, it's not really going away. They've just, they got that dimmer switch. Uh, they've just uh, 
Just turn it down a little bit. Similar with Ireland. Here's a piece, January 21st. Ireland to drop almost all COVID restrictions. Ireland is set is to scrap almost all its COVID-19 restrictions on Saturday after coming through the storm of the Omicron variant that led to a major surge in infections. Prime Minister Michael Martin has said, the country has been one of the most cautious in the European Union on the risk of COVID-19, putting in place some of the longest-running restrictions on travel and hospitality. But following advice from public health officials, the government decided that bars and restaurants will no longer need to close at 8 p.m. Oh, wow a restriction put in place late last year when the Omicron wave struck, or to ask customers for proof of vaccination. See, if the virus existed, it gets really perky after 8 p.m. That's why they did that. So now they're not going to ask customers for proof of vaccination, but are they eliminating the software? Are they abolishing the vaccine passport system, which is a social passport system, which is a social participation system? No, no, they're not. They're not. They're not doing that. Some measures, such as the need to wear a mask in Ireland on public transport and in shops, will remain in place until the end of February, Martin said. Ireland's hospitality sector, which has been particularly hard hit by one of Europe's toughest lockdown regimes, welcomed the decision. Nightclubs opened their doors for the first time in 19 months in October, only to be shut again six weeks later. Yeah, that dimmer switch could go either way. While the economy recovered rapidly last year, Rapidly last year, about a third of employers have chosen to defer tax payments and the wages on one in 12 workers are still being support, who are still being supported by a state subsidy scheme set to end in April. All those state subsidy schemes, like in the states, it's all designed to get people to ultimately accept the universal basic income. And the people, again, that are foolish enough to take an unending check from the state, well, <laughs> they don't know about Cuba. They just don't know the history of Cuba. You give the government that much. Whatever the government gives you, they can take away. Whatever the government gives you, they can take away. Okay. So this is uh, this is what's happening. It's really not going away. Uh, but we aren't. We aren't. The situation is in flux. As the media exposes, the CIA-controlled mainstream media exposes more than the narrative. As we see people like Senator Ron Johnson having in Dr. Robert Malone, even if he is controlled up, exposing more of you know, the complete and utter failure and fraud of this vaccine, which is experimental gene therapy, which is a bioweapon. Yeah, things are changing. And again, what what will that be? Uh, what, what, what are they planning? Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Listen to KRP radio show, Keeping Real, Pudgy Miller. Going to take a break. We're going to come back then. I'm going to play... A, uh, I'm going to play Robert F. Kennedy's Jr. speech. Uh, he was in D.C. He was in the District, district of Criminals. Uh, this was just uh, just last week. He was in the District of Criminals. And they had, uh, according to Del Bigfree, the high wire, definitely recommend his site. I think Del is real. Uh, about 40,000 people, 40,000 showed up at a rally in the District of Criminals last Sunday, the 23rd to defeat the mandates. I'm going to play RFK Jr.'s speech. Uh, is RFK Jr. real? Uh, I think he probably is. Don't know. When you look at the children's, the organization he's, he's, uh, he's involved with, their children's, I believe, health defense fund, their organization, health, health advocacy fund. Or they believe in anthropogenic or mad-made global warming. And 
if you're following how the New World Order works, the objectives of those who believe in astrogenic or man-made global warming, same objectives of the medical martial law police state, to deindustrialize us, limit our limit our travel, uh, put us in subcompact cities, uh, destroy our standard of living. Same agenda. So that's the one. That's my only objection at this point to RFK Jr. Apart from that, uh, what he says, uh, the man has uh, he's walked the walk, and he's as he's talked the talk. But I'm going to take a break now. We'll come back and wrap it up with this speech, very powerful, from RFK Jr. Again, you've been listening to KRP Radio Show. That is Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. Last Friday night of the month with Rocco P. KRP Radio!
K-I-R-P Radio! That, that song is I Told You So by Conspiracy Music Guru. That is the artist handle, Conspiracy Music Guru. Uh, on YouTube, that video has over 324,000 views, but do not go to YouTube. Go to Odyssey. Just search for Conspiracy Music Guru on Odyssey, O-D-Y. S-E-E. Do not support these control platforms. Do not support them. So I had mentioned RFK Jr.'s speech at the Defeat the Mandates rally held in the District of Criminals, Washington, D.C. this past Sunday, the 23rd. Again, Del Bigtree, the high wire, said 40,000 people were there. Dell had spoken, I believe, too. But very, very good speech by RFK Jr., very, very good speech by RFK Jr. Uh, I am going to play that now. Thank you. Thank you, JP Sears. And thank all of you for coming out today and braving the cold to stand up for democracy and for our children, and for the United States Constitution. I, I want to I start with a salute to the doctors, the medical doctors, the healers, the courageous doctors of conscience who stood up with me here today and who preceded me onto this podium. We, one of the most disconcerting, alarming features of this pandemic response has been this war against doctors of conscience. We know their names. Pierre Corey, Peter McCulloch, Paul Merrick, Paul Alexander, Ryan Cole, Cat Slory, and so many others whose lives and livelihoods are being destroyed because they are trying to do their jobs and protect our children. Now, the other really disconcerting part of this pandemic response has been what I call the information chaos. The use, the orchestrated confusion and 
fear. I'm manipulating PCR tests and over-amplifying them by changing the metrics on how death certificates are calculated. The complete absence of any good information on case fatality rates or infection fatality rates or all the things that our public health agencies ought to be telling us so that we can individually with our physicians evaluate the risk and treatment and prophylactic protocols. We weren't given any of that information. The information that we were given was badly, badly manipulated. And so now we're left saying, what really happened? We weren't told, for example, that there was a age stratified risk that people who are over 70 are a thousand times more at risk from COVID and those under 70 and that children have a statistically zero risk. We were manipulated and the press was manipulated in telling us all that every American faced the same threat as elderly people. And that meant that we could not have a rational response that protected the vulnerable and protected people in our livelihoods, our culture, our political freedoms, our constitutional rights, and our values, which are all ultimately public health issues. Now, the one data point that in all of this confusion, the fog of war that they created and orchestrated to sow confusion, to sow fear, to make us compliant. The one data point that everybody should know and that we have to regard as reliable because it's the data point that Pfizer gave in its submission to FDA to get its license. We know a lot about the Pfizer vaccine, more than any of the other vaccines, because the Pfizer, Pfizer vaccine is the only vaccine that has a license. And until they get that license, they do not have to produce their data. So the only data we really have that's reliable is the Pfizer data. And by the way, there's a half a million pages of granular data which Pfizer and FDA have refused to produce because they say it's too burdensome. These are the data that they reviewed for 108 days, but they say they can't show it to us for 55 years.
to review for you the one important thing that you should know from Pfizer's own data, which is the section of the submission to FDA where they talk about all-cause mortality. And what they say in that data was Steve Kirsch, you can go to his blog and you can see a really good explanation of it. But here's what it says, it's very simple. Of the, over the six-month period of the study, they, they ended the study in six months. They told us it was going to go for five years. They ended it in six months, they unblinded it, and they gave the vaccine to the placebo group. So we will never know the long-term impacts of this vaccine. Here's what they said happened in those six months. Of the 22,000 people in the vaccine group, 17 of them, or 21 of them died over the six-month period. Of the 22,000 people in the placebo group, only 17 died. What that means if you extrapolate it and consider it reliable, which Pfizer says it is a reliable predictor of the performance of this vaccine, what that means, and this conclusion is inescapable, that if you take the vaccine, you have a 21% increased chance of dying over the next six months. Now, what happened was, in the vaccine group, one person died of COVID of the 22,000. In the placebo group, two people died from COVID. That allowed Pfizer to tell the FDA and the American people that this vaccine is 100% effective. Because two is 100% greater than one. And that is a metric called relative risk. It is a deceit. The important thing for people to understand is absolute risk. And here's what absolute risk tells us. They have to give 22,000 vaccines to protect one person from death from COVID. And if you're going to give 22,000 vaccines to prevent one death, you better make sure the vaccine doesn't kill anybody. Because if it kills one person, you have canceled out all the benefits. But as we saw, 21 people died in the vaccine group and only 17 in the placebo group. So where did those excess deaths come from? The answer to that question is heart attacks. In the vaccine group, there were five fatal heart attacks in the six-month period among those 22,000 people. In the placebo group, there was one fatal heart attack to the 22,000 people. So what that means is if you take the vaccine, you're 500% more likely to die of a heart attack over the next six months than if you don't. And it also means that every life they're saving by averting a COVID death, they are killing 
or excess people with heart attacks. Now, the vaccine now is in the marketplace. And what we've seen is the data points that we are seeing confirm the fact that people are dying of heart attacks. As Steve said, there's been a million injuries recorded at fairs. There have been 20,000 deaths, more deaths than all vaccines combined for the last 36 years. So, what is CDC's answer and Tony Fauci's answer to that? Is they say, and this is what the press, like a bunch of stenographers and automatons, will repeat again and again, is, well, the VAR system doesn't work. Well, it's their system. It's the only system they got. We didn't make up the system. They made it up. And they've known for 36 years that it doesn't work. And that's their fallback position, is the system that we gave you to protect you from vaccine injury is so broken and so unreliable that it can't be used for any purpose. Well, the 1986 Act, Congress ordered HHS and the industry to create a working surveillance system that would allow us to be able to calculate and estimate accurately vaccine injuries and deaths. So for 36 years, they've been breaking the law. And in 2010, they finally said, oh, okay, we'll design a system that works, a surveillance system. Well, they created a machine counting system that captures about 90% of vaccine injuries and deaths. And the study, I'm going to quote you studies, because I know this has never happened to you before, because you've been listening to CNN and, and, and HHS. So you're not used to hearing about scientific studies, but science actually is determined by doing studies formally before we appointed one man to be the science. Oh. Oh. HHS did a study in 2010 that they were going to roll out to all the HMOs. They studied one HMO, which is the Harvard Pilgrim, which is up in New England. They were Harvard scientists. They spent millions of dollars. They studied the system for three years, and they had a pilot system that they designed that would capture all the vaccine entries. At the end, the study, which is called the Lazarus Study 2010, they came back and said, we designed a system that works like a charm. It picked up most vaccine injuries. And guess what we found? There, when we compared it to theirs, we found that theirs is missing more than 99%, not 99%, more.
99% of vaccine injuries. What did CDC do? They looked at that, and that study said that one out of every 39 people who got vaccinated with any vaccine on average were suffering an injury. CDC was telling the American public it was one in a million. They were lying. And so what was their solution? They shut down that study. They stopped the rollout. They put it on a shelf, and they've been keeping it there for 11 years. And now the system that they knew was broken 11 years ago, they knew only counted 1% of vaccine injury 11 years ago. Now they're telling you it, it is overestimating vaccine injuries. Those 20,000 people didn't really die of the vaccine. Those 100,000 people weren't really injured. Well, there are a lot of studies that show that theirs doesn't work. I can say that. There's not one scientific study that shows that it overcounts vaccine injury. Every study shows it undercounts them by 50%, 80%, 90 90%, 99%. If somebody tells you from the press, theirs can't be counted on because it overestimates vaccine injury, they show me this study. They cannot. There is no study that does that. Now, I want to make my last point, which is the point that brought us all together. We are all from different political orientations, from different political parties, from different assumptions and backgrounds, from different races and breeds and colors. We are here for one reason. We love the United States of America. If you give government 
the license to silence its critics, you have given them the capacity to commit any atrocity they want and to obliterate all the amendments and rights of the Constitution. So as soon as they got rid of freedom of speech, they went after freedom of religion. They closed every church in this country for a year with no regulatory process, no public hearing, no demonstration of science, no scientific citation to show that it was going to do any good. They kept the liquor stores open as essential businesses. But I remind you that liquor stores are not mentioned in the United States Constitution, and churches are. They took away our property rights. They closed a million businesses with no due process, no just compensation. They took away jury trials. The Seventh Amendment says no American shall be deprived of a right to a trial before a jury of his peers in cases or controversies that exceed $25 in value. There is nothing else. That's all it says. There's no pandemic exception. There's no war exception. There's no any exception. And yet they have passed, I won't even say a rule, just because there was no rulemaking. It's a policy. You cannot sue any company, any of these large multinational corporations that claim to be involved in countermeasures. No matter how reckless their behavior, no matter how negligent their conduct, no matter how grievous your injury, you cannot sue that company. They have a license. These are criminal companies, by the way. These are serial felons. The four companies that make all of our U.S. vaccines for the children's program, Pfizer, Glaxo, uh, Sanofi, and Merck, have paid $35 billion in criminal penalties for hundreds of violations and damages in the last 10 years. These are the companies that gave us the opioid crisis. It kills 56,000 children a year. More American kids every year than the Vietnam War killed in 20 years. These are not good citizens. These are criminal enterprises. And now you're taking away any economic or legal incentive for them to behave? What do you think they're going to do? You think they found Jesus suddenly and they're going to take care of us and our children and they're suddenly concerned with public health? No. They took away due process rulemaking. They've taken away our right to be free of warrantless searches and seizures for this very intrusive track and trace surveillance, etc. Oh, we are watching something now that I never believed that I would see in my lifetime. And I read in Orwell and Kafka and Aldous Huxley, this, this dystopian science fiction novels that one day the United States would be overtaken by fascism. Fascism, incidentally, is defined, Mussolini defined it, as a merger of state and corporate power. And orchestrated by Tony Fauci. 
history of the planet has ever complied their way out of totalitarian control. Every, every capitulation is a signal to the oppressors to impose new forms of torment or torture or compliance or obedience. Every time you comply, you get weaker. The hill that you're going to die on is the hill that you're on right now. And they're coming for our children. And every time they push you back, when you say yes, because you think, if I just do this, we can all return to normal. Every time they, they talk you and fool you into, bullies cannot be appeased. It just encourages them to new forms of torture and torment. Every time you say yes, you're getting pushed back to a weaker position. That's why we need to resist today. You, all of you in the crowd, I thank you, I love you. You came out on this cold, cold day to do your duty for the United States of America. Let's go and fight for freedom and let's return to our build back for our children. The America that our children, our parents fought and died for. Thank you very much. K-I-R-P Radio! You've been listening to K-I-R-P Radio Show, keeping it real with Pudge Miller, guest host Rocco P. Last Friday night of the month. That was a powerful speech by RFK Jr. I agreed with most of it. I wouldn't say I am fighting for the United States. Uh, he should have clarified it. Uh, we need to fight for the people that are in the United States not for the government. It is very clear the government does not represent the people. That he made clear. And it's very clear we never submit our way out of tyranny. It's impossible. never has happened, and it never will. I'd like to thank Pudgy Miller for the opportunity to use this platform once again. I will hope to be back next month, the last Friday in February is the 25th. Thank you for listening. K-I-R-P Radio!